When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Josh there are some scenarios where it's like a Barry Bonds hitting a baseball. It's, it's some things you just know what's about to happen. You hear the Jaws music, you know you're about to get eaten by a shark. If you see Tyree Kill running behind a defense, man, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Tua's going to find him, and it's going to be a long touchdown pass. I cannot believe how open he was against the Washington defense that apparently never knew how good Tyree Kill was at being fast. Yeah, and on that first touchdown, I mean, they were kind of beat. Um, they were beat at two spots, right? I think Devon Achan was lined up on the the right side at the top. He was lined up with a linebacker. The safety was kind of cheating over that way, and that left Tyree Kill open, wide open on that little, you know, fade out of the slot, which we talked about in the last podcast about how the Dolphins were starting to do that more. How Tua, when he sees that one on one opportunity, he's not scared to take it. So, um, yeah, man, they came out first drive of the game. They unloaded. It was what seventy eight yarder, I think, that first one. Tua to Tyreek, and I mean. As soon, like you said, as soon as you see Tyreek get past that defender, you know it's coming. But as soon as you see Tua Tavolo, you know, cock that arm back and see him getting ready to unload, you know um, a big play is about to happen. And, I mean, you know, his first few seasons, we might have been sitting there holding our breath. But now it's just like, yo, this is sick. Like, we know something good's about to happen because um, he's just turned that corner, him and Tyreek, as a duo that just cannot be stopped right now. Was it Cleveland, Jakeem Grant? Was it the Cleveland Browns that game? In, in uh at Hard Rock where Tua launched a deep ball and it just kind of bopped off his hands. Was it Cincy, Cleveland? It was one of the two, I thought. Someone in the AFC North. Yeah, I think. I know which one you're talking about. Everyone always used to bring that up when people would uh, discredit Tua's deep ball ability, but now they have all these other highlights they can use. I thought this game was so crazy because we hear the announcers, Josh, time and time again saying, oh, they're using this umbrella coverage. They're letting all the receivers run underneath, and they're making sure they don't let anyone get behind you. How was Tyree Kill able to get so wide open when there's this defense using umbrella coverage? And keep in mind, you have Jack Del Rio, who was fired last week by the Commandos. You have Ron Rivera coaching for his job of a 4-8 and eight football team, a team that has given up over 100 points in the matter of three weeks. 
how are you letting Tyree Kill get that open? Is it something as simple as it's Washington's defense just kind of saying like, oh, whoa, this guy's a lot faster than we thought? Or does it continue to be this Mike McDaniel system combined with uh, Tua knowing exactly where to put the football and simply put Tyree Kill knowing exactly where to go get the football? Yeah, I think it's a mix of both. And I mean, I don't want to sound so amateurish, but um, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't their defense coordinator? Didn't he just get promoted? He's like 29 years old or something like the youngest in the league. I believe I read prior to this game. So, I mean, you have a guy that's going out there. He's super young, you know, just his first matchups against uh, Mike McDaniel's offense. I mean, you'd be crapping bricks, wouldn't you? But I mean, a lot of it has to do with the schematics, right? You can see the way um, the Dolphins utilize the motion and things like that to get the matchups that they want to get to a tongue of a low, you know, to see Tyree kill in those one-on-one coverages. We've seen Waddle in those situations too. So I think it's a little bit of the Dolphins just having those chess pieces that you honestly cannot be stopped. And then it probably has a lot to do with um, just that dismal, dismal Washington commanders defense. Um, like we talked about, but um, we wanted this offense to have that get right game. And this felt like that get right game. It really was, man. And we were asking for it from the Jets last week. We just wanted that clean performance. We don't care if, well, for me at least, I don't want to speak for you. We didn't, I wouldn't care if it was like a 23-3 to victory. I just didn't want to see any turnovers. I wanted to see a clean performance from Tua, none of the silly throws. We saw absolute precision from Tua, this Miami Dolphins offense in general. I mean, you can just go down the list. I mean, receivers... Tyreek caught five of seven targets, 157 yards. Jalen Waddle was actually targeted more than Tyreek Hill. He caught eight, or excuse me, five of his eight targets. And there was one play. Last thing I want to do is hate when you win 45 to 15. But Josh, there was one play. Jalen Waddle was wide open over the middle of the field. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because this is a team that leads the league in points per game. And you want to hit your stride. It's post-Thanksgiving, Josh. We talked about it. The Miami Dolphins are officially 2-0 in the regular season. The season doesn't start till Thanksgiving ends. What is your thoughts when you see that this is a team that's still at times settling for field goals? They're still leaving points on the table. Uh, when they can be still putting up 45 points, scoring in every single quarter, uh, double digits in two of four of them? My first thing is, my God, how far did we come, right? I mean, we used to sit here and, and pray for days like this. I mean, 45-15 went over the commanders, and we're sitting here nitpicking. Of, uh, you know, it was a critical drop, right? And I think what was um, so disappointing about it was to some of a little, you know, eluded pressure, rolled out, found, um, you know, a wide-open Jalen Waddle. And I know a lot of people were saying he might have hit Paydirt on that. I don't know. I don't have another angle of that play. But, I mean, that was one that you want to see your superstar playmaker like a Jalen Waddle make. So, um, I guess the biggest thing is we can sit here and say the Dolphins still haven't Okay, can we say they still haven't peaked? I mean, we see them put together these great games. We see Tua Tagovailoa uh -huh. went what eighteen to twenty four, two hundred eighty touch uh, yards, two touchdowns. The two were two Tyree Kill, like we talked about. But um, I do feel like they still leave something out there, and you know, can still hit another gear. Which again, I guess we saw against the Denver Broncos. But um, again, man, I just can't believe how far we come that we're sitting here talking about how Jalen Waddles drop. You know, it was it, it sucked. But let's be honest, man, it didn't do anything to this game because the Dolphins just had that big of a lead, and times are changing. And don't get me wrong here. This was a very impressive performance. The Miami Dolphins improved to four and three on the road. They're above 500 on top of the fact they're undefeated at home. And then Raheem Mostert, 11 carries, 43 yards and a touchdown. And back in the lineup, Devon Achan, 17 carries for 73 yards, two touchdowns. And on top of that, he took over Jeff Wilson's role as a receiver, four targets, three receptions for 30 yards. Josh, uh, ignore your fantasy team. How nice outside of that was it to see Devon Achan back on the field and have such a massive impact for this offense? 
Yeah, well, see, the good news is uh, when you're in so many fantasy leagues, you do have those Devon Achan, um, but I still ended up losing. So I think I got balanced out of the playoffs despite his awesome performance. But we were talking about it in the previous pod, the preview pod, about them eating a pizza. And let's be honest, man, I think Devon Achan got all of Jeff Wilson's pizza, maybe even a little bit of the pepperonis off of Raheem Mostert. So I don't know how much they'll, you know, use this um, tan, you know, this one-two punch, so to speak, because we didn't see any of Jeff Wilson. Did you mention the five? I think he was only on the field for like five uh, snaps. I wish I had that in front of me, but I mean, they did not utilize him at all. Yeah. To see Devon Achan come back, you know, you had some questions about his durability. I know I did, you know, can he hold up? He went out there and late in that game, he grinded things down. So um, I love to see it. Did Evan going in one fantasy league? And it does seem like the dolphins have that superstar running back. I wish I had in front of me, but you see everybody posting the stat, like in four games, he has like what 600 plus scrimmage yards and, Okay, hopefully you have it. That'd be wonderful. I, I don't have that, but I can hit you with uh, – he had 3.2 yards after contact. On top of that, I'll tell you, he forced three missed tackles. Uh, on 17 rushing attempts, he was stuffed once. Josh, I got to ask you, man, this dude's 5'10". Yes, he ran for over 1,000 yards in the SEC, but, I mean, one week we're talking about how he's getting injured right away, like he's played four snaps, and then the next week, one play – some dude's bouncing off him. The next play, he's stiff-arming another guy into the turf, making him eat grass. Is Devon Achan injury-prone and small, or this five foot ten bowling ball from another dimension? Because we can't seem to figure it out. Don't well, we say both. Did, I think we did Not pre- Well, no, I think he's this guy from another dimension. I was going to say pre-draft, I think we compared him to an Abra or Cadaver or an Alakazam or something where he could teleport around the field with that, you know, crazy speed. So... I think he's more that player, but I mean, we have to be worried when you're that size that, you know, when you're running that hard between the tackles, that injuries are going to come up. Um, I looked it up. CK Parrott tweeted out running back Devon H has been on the field for 137 plays. He directly accounts for 635 yards and nine touchdowns on 70 t- touches this season. So it's just incredible what he's done with so many limited touches. I mean, we talked about in our previous pod, you've talked about before, man. Do you start Devon HN in, you know, fantasy? I think you do. You have to because when he touches the football, good things happen. It will absolutely rip your hair out, though, when you look at Devon HN splits and how the Miami Dolphins offense is using him. I think 11 of his 20 touches came in the fourth quarter, and they were all garbage time touches. So you, you don't know. You can't say for sure if he would have been that guy out there in a close game. You assume so because he looked absolutely awesome. And Josh, this might really indicate the age difference between us. Um, when you were in school, specifically elementary school, did you guys make Flat Stanley? Was Flat Stanley a thing for you guys? I, I'm not sure what Flat Stanley is. It was like I should book, I should probably I, know. I don't. It was no, a book, no and it was just Stanley. this dude who was like flat, and we would make pen pals out of it. And and I should have looked this up a lot more. But this dude, Devon Achan, the way he can break through these holes, he is literally Flat Stanley. This dude is like paper. Been just because there were so many times you'd see him bouncing the ball outside and it looked like he'd get off the bus just like a stop too early and you're like well you're running into two guys there and all of a sudden he'd pop right between them man it was so impressive because Devon H is someone who really challenges your eyes he does things that you're really stuck wondering like what are you doing man what are you, why are you running in this direction all of a sudden it works and as someone who's sitting there watching in tv with this eagle eye view I can't imagine being someone trying to de- tackle this dude trying to figure out where he's gonna go yeah, I think we joked before, and I know I have. I tweeted out, you know, this is Barry. I'm going to tell my kids this is Barry Sanders. And I mean, he does have some of that wiggle and that explosiveness. I mean, there's never going to be another Barry Sanders, but I'm fine with saying that he's um, Devon HN is the next Barry Sanders or Chris Johnson, like we heard so many people, you know, trying to make that correlation there. Um, I actually pulled it up. He is um, 
third right now for most rushing touchdowns by a Miami Dolphins rookie in team history with seven to get past Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Ron Davenport. He would need five more touchdowns on the ground, and then his nine total touchdowns is also third, where he would need four four total touchdowns then to surpass Ron Davenport. So um, Devon Achan, man, he's getting ready to make history, and I think he will get an opportunity down the stretch. What we got five games left in the season. He seems like he's healthy, man. He was out there absolutely looking like a workhorse, but let's be honest, man, Raheem Mostert, right? He's, what, three away now from Ricky Williams? He would snap Ricky Williams' um, Miami Dolphins record. I mean, Raheem Mostert, he's man, getting right. the career he's having right now. Yeah, he's uh, he's um, the bell of the ball, I guess you'd say. Very well said, my friend. The Dolphins had nine drives for 45 points. That right there just speaks to how consistent, effective this offense was. And you had Mike White playing the majority of the fourth quarter. That just kind of hints at how awesome Devon Achan has been playing. Tyree Kill is in need of 519 receiving yards in five weeks in order to break 2,000 receiving yards on the year. Josh, I don't want to ask you if he's going to reach the 2,000 in the five weeks because I think we can all see him. I mean, he just put up 150 in basically a half. I think we could all see him reaching there. The question I want to pose to you is Tyreek Hill is one of the more socially aware people we know. I mean, he's calling out Liam Eikenberg, calling him Nancy Poposi still on, on Twitter, which is the greatest thing ever. He has heard, there's no doubt in my mind, when he thinks about how Kelvin Johnson's receiving record happened in 16 games, that 17th game was just recently added. Tyree Kill needing 519 yards, three of Miami's next four games, I mean, four of the next five, the math's not too hard, next games are at home. Do you think Hill does everything he can, McDaniel does everything he can to beat this, not in five games, but four, and able to say he did it in 16 to match it up there with Kelvin Johnson? You don't even know if you have to scheme him up, though, with the way they're going, right? I mean, they Till's getting his every single game. Tua's finding a way to get him. So um, I do like how you brought that up because every time I hear him say that he's going to hit 2,000, he's going to break Calvin Johnson's record. The first thing I come up with, the homer I am, I mean, I still come up and think, okay, well, we did add another game and we have to make sure we bring that up. But um, I think we're both in agreement that he is going to snap that record absolutely. Would love to see him do it in the next three games. And, I mean, with the way he's playing – you can't sit here and say it's out of the realm of possibility because he's playing out of his mind. Uh, NFL and CBS tweeted this out today. Tyreek Hill has uh, 1,481 yards. Every Cardinals, that's more than every Cardinals wide receiver, every Patriots wide receiver, every Giants wide receiver, every Jets wide receiver, and every Falcons wide receiver this season. So um, Tyreek Hill's pretty good. The Dolphins average 3.6 yards per carry on the ground. Something I thought was really interesting, man, and they might have done it a couple times last week in the 34 to 13 win over the Jets, but was it just me or did it seem like Tua was doing a lot of fakes where he was going to toss the ball behind him where nobody was even on that side of the field? I mean, I could be overreacting a little bit, but it seemed like there were not even like three, like five, six, seven times where he was ready to like pop it back behind him and there was nobody on that side of the field. Like it was obvious he was faking it and not confused, but that was something that I don't think we've seen it too, too much this year. Am I making things up? No, I mean, I I don't even, I wasn't paying, I did not see that. Joshua, the Dolphins didn't allow a single sack for, they're really putting things together here. You had Robert Hunt back in the lineup. He actually left the game, re-aggravated his hamstring injury. The hope, at least my hope, is that he isn't out too long. But I have to ask you, we have someone like Louis Riddick coming out and saying the Miami Dolphins have this mean, physical, nasty offensive line. And then you have Dan Orlovsky coming out and saying that Tua deserves MVP because he's doing everything behind an awful offensive line. So I want to ask you, my friend, does the Miami Dolphins offensive line, is is it actually good? 
I think it is. I'm, I mean, I think what we've seen is good. I mean, I know Tua Tagovailoa makes up for some of that, right, with his quick trigger, how quick they get the ball out, some of the route concepts and things like that. I mean, that's why the Dolphins offense sometimes when the routes get thrown off, right, everything goes to crap because it is that rhythm offense, and they are so quick to get the ball out. But I think the offensive line is taking a massive step. Um, put whatever you want into pro football focus, but I think they had Austin Jackson and Liam Eikenberg only giving up maybe, what, one pressure this entire game combined or something like that. If that, I mean, those guys are playing great. So, again, credit to Butch Berry, and uh, I do think it's a little bit of both, but definitely I think that offensive line is playing well. So, um, Dan Orvlosky, you're right that Tua Tagovailoa deserves to be MVP, but um, saying he's playing behind an off offensive line, that would have been um, what the last – the previous years. Then you could have said that for sure. I think that the Dolphins are doing a really good job of making us – have the debate because we saw some PFF stats where they'd rank offensive lines in total and the Dolphins were like a top 10 unit Josh so would you say they're like a top 10 offensive line and I'll even give you the benefit of them at full strength we'll say Isaiah when he was playing at his best would you consider that like a top 10 unit yeah if everybody's healthy for sure but I mean I think um you know I think it's more likely that they're not going to all be healthy at one point. Right. I mean, it's kind of based on what yeah. we saw, but I'd say they're, I'd say they're top 10 when everybody's healthy, Armstead healthy. Um, but let, they're probably right outside of that all Homer aside, right? 12, maybe. Even if you wanted to debate like, all right, I, I think they'd be a top 10 unit when healthy, but they're maintaining the success. And I think a big part why is because I got to praise Steven Ross again. He got it right with his coaching staff, man. Uh, Mike McDaniel, Frank Smith, Butch Berry, all three of them deserve credit for this because the Dolphins are going to be in contract hell moving forward. They can't sign a bunch of offensive linemen. The only major free agent on that offensive line that they brought in on a big tag is Tron Armstead. They absolutely nailed the Connor Williams and switching him to center. But man, I, I think this offensive line, if you put another coaching staff in there, I think you're looking at what Sam Howell dealt with for most of yesterday. I, I think Butch Berry, I think Mike McDaniel deserves so much credit for making this offensive line just kind of float. And that's really all you need. You have Tyree Kill. You have Jalen Waddle. You have invested so much into this offense where there are going to be different situations where you need to cut corners. I think I'd actually lean a little more with Olofsky and say that the offensive line isn't great, maybe like 15 to 20-ish, but just the way McDaniel operates, the way he thinks, the way Tua thinks has been able to kind of push them into being a top 10 unit because you have Tyree Kill lifting all the ships. You have Mike McDaniel lifting all the ships. And that's not something we've had in Miami where you had Joe Philbin using his expertise to improve. I, I don't know. Cleanliness. Yeah. Jake, and you wonder how much, and I'm kind of joking here, but how much is it that a lot of these guys are in a contract year, right? We're seeing Austin Jackson play out of his mind right now. Contract year. I saw a clip of him going around where uh, the lineman yesterday tried to do a stunt to him and he just pushed a guy's side and got right onto another guy. And that's just, um, that's just, not the Austin Jackson we were comfortable with or saw the first few um, years of his career, but it's just awesome to see him now. But again, contract year, Connor Williams, contract year, Robert Hunt, contract year, Isaiah Wynn. I think they only signed him for one year, so that's a contract year, right? So um, I think we can sit here and say that um, Orlovsky's probably right because we've seen so much um, transition on the offensive line, so many different rotations. I think uh, the guy that does the stats for the Miami Dolphins came out today and said it might have been eight different units we've used now this season or something like that. Keon Smith was out there. And again, he played solid. So um, I, I don't know. I think if you're looking at just the names, you'd probably sit here and say Dolphins offensive line isn't great. But I think those of us who have watched the games and have seen their growth over these last few years, have seen how good the offense is, um, can say that it might be a little bit of that. So I don't know, man. Football.